Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Well, it's good to be home. Thanks so much to Ken Hackman for holding down the fort, whatever the term is that that you want to uh, use for this two hours of, well, let's just face it, unusual radio. He is a master, and I appreciate him so very, very much. He and Lance apparently got along, and that's always a good thing. Good morning. Good morning, and uh, it's a it's a wet morning, you know, to come back after a week off. But yes. you know, we needed the rain. And I didn't post the picture, but I did take one of my boots this morning because I'm there. Well, I don't get to wear them that often, and so, <laughs> you know. However, it's real sloggy going out into my back garden. So, in order to get out of my driveway, with yes, I'm going to complain. The poor drainage, when they fixed the street, they ruined the drainage, and now there's water. There's Since 5.30 this morning, there have been people putting up waves in front of my house. They're going to do something about that, though, one of these days, very soon, I'm sure. Well, they, you know, Rankin County out at um, they, the Spillway Road, from a pretty good segment, they've been digging it up and resurfacing it. So leaving this morning at, you know, 6.45, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was like a, it was a bayou. It was you know, a little different, a yeah, yes. Definitely. Now, the, the good news is the front is moving more quickly than they thought it would. That means that the, it's just wet, and that's really wonderful news. I don't do the weather here, but I will let you know that for those of you, as the sun is coming up in eastern Mississippi – things may be a little wilder because well, there was a lot of rain well and you made a, a good point we got the national weather service up so it should be okay oh, yeah. you know they'll it, come and tell you everything yeah, a lot of yellow do. and green not a lot of the red and pinks and stuff thank so, goodness thank goodness exactly <laughs> well in thanking ken hackman i have to bring this story to you right off the bat from king's college london new research and of course this is everybody talking to everybody and finding out everything they can find out seeing or hearing birds is associated with an improvement in mental well-being that can last all day so everything ken does everything ken talks about everything ken encourages you to do is better for you than what you were doing before yeah, I feel I feel better after being here on a Saturday with you guys. And and Ken, you know, one of the things every every time there's something you don't know on my end, you, we have all these great computers and technology. So I'll start digging and you know typing in everything. And he was throwing out some bird names like you do plant names, and I, I mean I was blown away. He's uh, amazing. That is a, I mean both of y'all. It's it's a treat to listen to folks that know what they're talking about, have such a great passion for it. And he's one of those as well, just a great outdoors guy and uh, and so much just like you so it was a treat and learned a ton good thank you i appreciate that he'll be glad to hear it too in fact he will record that and send it to other people to let them know (laughs) no he won't i'm teasing anyway so birding is good for you we knew that we knew the gardening's good for you too and that's why i'm here i'm your garden mama and i appreciate very much you getting in touch with me on either way 
there's a, there's a lot of ways to reach me, but on Saturday morning, the best way to reach me is the Super Talk call line, 888 If, you know, like uh, Christy in Grenada, you'd like to text me, you can do that, too. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Christy wants to know, she's in Grenada, she wants to know the best time to winterize strawberry plants in North Mississippi, and how do you do that? How do I recommend doing that? Um, strawberries are hardy plants. That's, they're, they're, they're intended to live here, so we don't want to spoil them. But we do want to make sure that they don't get waterlogged, that that they don't freeze because they're so dry, you know. So those are that's a couple of ways that we do this. If you are growing them under rows, I mean under covers on in rows, for example, or in a bed, when we, when the temperatures are going to be below forty, which they pretty much are next week at some point um, in in the Grenada area, when we get to that point, you'd want to go ahead and start using your covers. But if you're not doing that, it's a matter of mulch. And we want to make sure that not only are we mulching under the plants so that when they do send out their runners, their runners can go on to clean mulch rather than onto the soil underneath. And also because, frankly, the mulch will keep, at some, to some extent, the slugs and snails that are hiding, looking for a place to live. They won't be as interested in your strawberry patch if, if it's mulched with hay. And then you're going to hay over the top of them if it gets really cold. But the main thing is to keep them hydrated if it doesn't rain adequately because a strawberry plant that is dry will freeze much more quickly than one that is happy. You don't want to over fertilize in the winter. I would presume you've already fertilized them and you may wait. You may do it one more time this fall, but they don't take a lot of fertilizer to bear once they're in the ground and growing. Now, if they're in containers, we go to the other issue. Of course, you still don't want that soil to freeze. And because of that, the containers size and its location can sometimes be the vulnerable point. So you'd want to make sure you're either making a baffle for that or rolling them in the garage if it's really, 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 really cold. But strawberries are hardy plants, and they're intended to grow through the winter in this part of the world. Um, they'll grow through the winter in other places. They just go dormant like any other kind of perennial. Our, here, we tend to see them continue to grow a little bit as the weather is when it's good. And then when it gets cold, they just sit there. All right, I hope that helps. If it doesn't, let me know, and I'll answer whatever other questions you might have for me. The changing climate that we live in is one of the things that is, of course, responsible for so many more storms, as we understand, and for the the great gap. I say that we don't have our bumpers. I told you all this about five years ago. I see this, that we don't really have our bumpers. Instead of going... A little warmer, a little cooler, and a little warmer, a little cooler. We go a lot hotter and a lot colder and a lot hotter and a lot colder in faster succession. And that, in turn, is an effect of this, brings the storms to us, but it also affects their impact and their strength. And I'm not a climate scientist, okay? But I'm telling you what I know, and I'm telling you what we have, under, we under, what I understand from research and what we have all seen. Things are different. At the very beginning of this conversation, probably seven or eight years ago, when people would still call me up and say there is no such thing, which they don't do anymore, thank you, um, I, 
I had to say, I'm just telling you what I know. I'm telling you not only what I've researched and what I read and my understanding in science, but I'm telling you that when I was a little kid, by November, by the first week of November, often at Halloween, we were in coats and scarves in North Louisiana because it was already cold. You'd, your Halloween costume didn't really matter so much because it was going to have a coat on top of it anyway. And many times it's not that way. So things, but that's just one of the examples of things that have changed. Perhaps, though, we can all take heart. I don't know if you're on social media. I don't know if you have any interest in any of this at all. But I can guarantee you that by not this Christmas, but next Christmas, there's going to be a coffee table book of the rainbows of 2022. Because we have had... So, I mean, there are people posting every day, one place or another, but I have, I have actually seen more rainbows this year myself, early in the year. Not now, not the summer. Summer was, you know, dry as a bone, and certainly not this morning. But the University of Hawaii at Manoa keeps up with these things, and they are letting us know that, indeed, rainbow viewing opportunities are increasing in the northern latitudes, but not in the tropics. Why I have no idea. I'm not a. I'm not that kind of scientist. But I can tell you that it's fun to watch, and I like the doubles myself. I, the doubles they blew me away. I don't ever remember seeing double rainbows as a kid, and then all of a sudden in the last you know 16, 18 months, minus the summer, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie and I we we chased down quite a few. We'd go find the best spot to you know. Oh wow, that's a rainbow. Looking for that pot of gold. Yeah, huh? looking for that pot of gold. <laughs> Ran across a kid in the neighborhood. It's her her, her niece, and I was like, hey, what what are you up doing? And she's out on her little scooter and you know motoring around the neighborhood she goes well, i'm trying to find the end of the rainbow so there I, you I, there you know, you and they're just we're everywhere. all trying to do that yeah. we always want to do that well and and of course the the most notable and undoubtedly most photographed was the one um i believe it was the day that the queen of england passed away and it was it did it was illuminary it was lovely but it's one of those things that we really like um, they estimate that by the next century, um, the average land location will experience 5% more days. (laughs) No, the end of, I'm sorry, the end of the 2000s, 2100. So that's pretty interesting. Reduced rainfall, such as the Mediterranean, will have less, and because the rainfall is expected to be less going further south, they also don't think there will be as many in the tropics. Just something to think about. Somebody's telling you all about it, you can tell them all about it. How about that? I have a, uh, a a posit. I have a suggestion. I haven't done this in many weeks, I don't think. It's usually a science fiction movie that I want somebody to make out of something that's happened in nature. But this one, I'm, I need an animated response to this. And I need, if it's already been done, I'm happy. Just send me the link. I'd love to see it. The Max Planck Institute for, of all things, psycholinguistics, now, you know, Max Planck, we, we love the Max Planck food people because they're always doing stuff. But this is an institute I had not even yet heard of. I don't know how many people are aware of the numbers of pieces of rhythm that are in our world. The way that you speak, the way that you walk, certainly the way that you dance, all of these things. Or sometimes the way that you wait in line for something you know, is, is all about that sense of rhythm. And we tre- we treasure that we love it. You know, we we live for it. A lot of us because it is the it is kind of the 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 cord that runs you. You can feel when you're dancing or when you're walking or any of the other things that you might have a rhythmic response to. We like that stuff. Music, 
speaking, sometimes even in silence. But because we think we're so special, we human beings, we sometimes don't see the rhythm that's going on right around us. And that brings me to my desire for an animated seal. Yes, that is correct. Seals discriminate rhythm without anybody teaching them about it. I want to see that group of seals dancing across the beach. Okay, I just, I need this. <laughs> Somebody, it's probably already been done. Like I said, just send me the link because I want to see it. But the, it, the idea is that it is attached to their um, ability to have so many vocalizations. They have, they're a wide, widely spoken mammal, and they have a lot to, to do. And it's really wonderful stuff. They, are, they created the seal vocalizations, played them for the seals that they were not, that were not the ones that produced it, and watched their reactions. And, what, and how they reacted was basically to get in a line and dance. I mean, it's just wonderful. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. I need a cartoon. I need a new cartoon. A lot going on after this rain, I'll tell you that. I'm very excited to be um, getting ready to plant some bulbs, getting ready to put in some other things. that I have some, for example, um, one of my very favorite plants is stachys, and I'm, I'm about to put in some of that. And there's just a lot of things that are fun to do after it's not so dry. My garden has been so dry that I haven't been able to do anything, but I've got more cannas to plant. You probably do, too. So tell me what's on your mind, 888 um, <laughs> Big Mike in Madison is singing Ken Hackman's praises, and I'm certainly right there in the chorus with you. <laughs> he, he says he puts up with us. Yes, he does put up with us. <laughs> I've been killing mealybugs, not too successfully. Um... And I'm, I'm bringing this to you today because I want people to understand there is an absolute time when you can say goodbye to any plant. And in my case, after if it, if it goes for a month and I still can't get the mealybugs off of it, I'm probably going to let it go. Let's see now. Mike's in Jackson on the telephone today. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how are you? Doing great. Uh, Welcome to the show. Curious, curious about something. I've got some persimmon trees at my workplace and um i was wondering um as far as like transplanting them to my home um is that is that something that's doable they're 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 relatively small you know Mm -hmm. they're not they're they're not big trees um but they produce fruit and uh the squirrels just eat them up just quick as they come on there Mm -hmm. but uh anyway how big is the tree how big around is the tree Oh, it's small. It's like a, maybe an inch, you know, okay. diameter. Okay. The root, you know, you, well, you are you're you're well able to do this. Are they taller than five feet? Uh, they're they're long. So yeah, they're they're longer. I mean, the, the, you know, they don't they don't uh, branch off very much. It's okay. Just, it's just to bring them into your your own garden. You're, you're going to need to do two things. One is first prepare the soil where you're going to put them so that you've got a similar semi-well drain. They don't like to sit in water, but they also need some soil that's fairly rich if you don't have that already. Um, then when you go to dig them up, you're going to have to prune them. So I'm going to wait until January to do this project. The reason for that is because that's the time we would prune the, the persimmon tree anyway. 
and it will be uh-huh. undoubtedly will have rained a bunch of times since then. So I would prepare the soil now where they're going to go so it can be ready for them. And then somewhere around Christmas or so, that will be the time to, move, of, to move these. How big of a root system do they have on them? I mean, it's like when you start digging it up, I mean, do they have a large root system? Well, if the, if, the tree, if the tree is an inch around and is able to make fruit, you're going to need to take about eight inches out all the way around and hopefully a foot deep. If you can get it, that, if you can get that much, because you're trying to bring as much of their environment with them as you can, but obviously because gotcha. they're growing so skinny and tall, you know, so straight up, I mean, you, you're going to need to do that pruning for them anyway, and you may want to pick a site that has a little bit more sun in it than where they're growing right now. Yeah, that's 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 exactly right because they're they're in a, a crowded environment right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, I mean, I think it's wonderful that you're going to save them. I love native persimmon trees; they're beautiful trees, and frankly, I like the fruit. I know not everybody does, but I do. So. <laughs> I just think they're cool, you know. I, I just think they're cool. Well, it's a good project. You can get started now, but you're going to want to do yeah. the actual moving when it's time to prune them. Go ahead and do it in one in one fell swoop, as as somebody else would say. Now, when you when you say prune exactly, what, what what's the process on that? Probably you're pro- you're going to be trimming the central leader, but my advice is always at that point look up a diagram. There's going to be one at msucares.com, the the website for the extension service, but it's also in growing native fruit books. You know, you can because you're basically just going to choose your height and top the tree and then when the when the growth comes out on the sides which it will because that's the point of pruning the top um then you'll end up doing that pruning a little bit later but the proportions and all that will be easy to determine because you'll you'll be able to see it in the tree basically but you can also look at the diagrams okay gotcha thank you sir cool thanks thanks a lot appreciate it i look forward to hearing the results persimmon trees are so cool no question about that Julia Roberts is having her birthday this week. She said, women are not rehabilitation centers for badly raised men. It's not your job to fix him. You want a partner, not a project. And the congregation said, amen. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. This is Jake Mangum, player for the New York Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. Whether you're playing ball, driving your truck, or working in the yard, safety is everything. You've got to make sure that you're prepared for the worst, but do everything you can to aim for the best. That's why I go with Farm Bureau. They've always kept me ready for anything with exceptional customer service and competitive rates. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team.
your old car really scary? Well, now is the time to upgrade to a brand new vehicle from Mazda of Jackson. Every car, SUV, and crossover in stock is priced to move with ghoulish deals. <laughs> get super low 1.9% financing for 60 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And get 2.9% financing for 36 months on the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Plus, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Is your credit history scary? Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. No tricks, <laughs> just a whole lot of treats at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. With approved payments, like see you for details. While everyone writes letters to Santa, at the Citizens Bank, it's the elves who are on our nice list. Because a lot of them bank here, and we see them work hard to make Christmas happen. That's why our Christmas Club Savings is so elf-friendly. Open by December 31st with automatic transfers from checking to savings, and after 50 weeks, you'll be ready for next year's merrymaking, along with a holiday bonus from us. Reindeer, our elves make spirits soar. The Citizens Bank, member FDIC. It's happening now. Miss Kelly's Black Friday sale. There is no waiting. Get what you want today with our huge in-stock inventory, savings up to 15%, and easy financing with no down payment. You can get it now and walk out without paying. Miss Kelly's Black Friday sale. Going on now, in-store or online at misskellys.com. What's your least favorite season? Now, if you're like me, it's cold and flu season. So get relief from it this year with Mucinex DM. With cough and chest congestion relief for 12 hours in just one dose, that's three times longer than four-hour products. Mucinex DM makes any season comeback season, even cold and flu season. Get three times the relief in just one dose with Mucinex DM. It couldn't be simpler. Nothing lasts longer among over-the-counter cough and cold remedies. Mucinex DM provides 12 hours of relief for chest congestion and cough, day or night. Uses directed. Fall is in the air, and that means fall grilling, tailgate parties, and so much more. Now is the perfect time to stock up on all this incredible flavor and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping Omaha Steaks Friends and Family Sale. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code SIZZLE at checkout to get $30 off your order. Visit omahasteaks.com, promo code SIZZLE at checkout. Minimum order may be required. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. I really, really love that y'all listen. You know how few people get anybody to listen to them? Y'all are so good to me. This is just the ultimate. Here come the pictures of the rainbows. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Also on the text line today, which you can join in, 601-879-4395. Thank you, C Spire. Mike's, Mike's Xenia seeds got wet. Oops. I presume these are the ones he's saving. Oh, dear. 
And he wants to, he, I, I, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you if they're going to be okay. But the way to, to try to get them to be okay is to lay them out, preferably like on newspaper or paper towels or something like that, and separate as much as you can so that they can dry quickly if they can dry. Don't put a fan on them. That's just going to blow them around the room. And also, is it, the process will be too fast because they'll just shrivel up. But to, but leave, lay them out and try and get them to dry. But soon as, as soon as you get those seeds dry, I would try to sprout a few of them and just see. Because you don't need to store the seeds if they're ruined. Okay? I'm sorry to have to say that, but it's true. Paula's in Dentville. I like quince too. I I think they're I I really I agree with you. I think they're beautiful. Oh, there's another rainbow. Yay. That's gorgeous. Anyway. Um her brother likes them, but the trees don't produce but a few quince. So what kind of fertilizer, what to do? It's really a combination, just like any kind of fruit tree, of pruning in the winter, fertilizer in the spring, and water in the summer if it doesn't rain. And those three things, with those three approaches, you can grow almost all the fruit trees that we grow here. There, there's a few exceptions, but there's a few exceptions to everything. So I would say, come the beginning of the winter, you're going to want to take a look at the trees, figure out if you need to prune, what you need to prune, and then use a literally a fruit tree fertilizer one that's going to be have it's going to have some nitrogen in it so we'll produce lots of good leaves but we're also going to use a little phosphorus and potassium and trace elements to get that thing going and use it i would use it in the early spring when the leaves come out and then i'd probably feed it again in the, in the late spring but the bigger question, and then if it makes fruit, of course, the, the bigger question is how do we sustain those? And we sustain those by making sure that we water during the summer. Okay? Okay. Um, Bubba's in Starkville. Thank you, Bubba. Appreciate your kind remarks. Oh, getting ready to plant some winter rye. But if y'all hadn't done that, this would be a great day to do that. <laughs> if you're looking to plant ryegrass and, and uh when the rain gets done and the sun comes out this afternoon somewhere, it'd be a good day to do that. Well, this is very interesting. Um, who is, oh, Big Mike. Mike is, Mike is really up and going this morning. You must have had two cups of coffee by now. I've only had one, so I'm not quite as, quite as with it as you are. But in the early morning hours of November 8th, he tells us, there will be a total lunar eclipse. I like that. Coincidentally, perhaps... The one and only astronomer Edmund Haley, who's probably the only one you've ever heard of because of Haley's comment, <laughs> um, was born on November 8th, 1656. We've been paying attention to this stuff for a very long time, have we not? Indeed. indeed. You used to not have TVs and radios. You had to look up and just kind of figure it all out. You know, it's amazing what the ancients and even. <laughs> In, in the Dark Ages, folks, you know, my, what they saw. My childhood was greatly improved by the fact that I lived by a levee. And so when you got really sick of your family, because everybody does, or when somebody hurt your feelings, or when you got mad, you could go sit up on the levee and just stare into the sky. And that, that some, it's a pleasure and a joy that I didn't even know everybody didn't have at the time, you know. But the, um, the, the best part, perhaps, is always that, being able to just get outside for a minute, wherever it is, it's very, very important. So important, but that's fun. Um, I'm I'm not a, a big person into the astronomical world because I I just am not. I'm more in the plants and water and mammals and 
bugs and whatnot. But I did think this was interesting that we're now able to tell for using the dark energy camera, the deck cam. I love this. This is this is so crazy. The observatories in Chile, of course, because the mountains are so high and the technology is so present, they're able to see stuff that we can't see from any of our other observatories. So they've been doing a project to observe at twilight because things look different, you know, at twilight. And because they now have the dark energy camera, they can see more then than we've ever seen before. We have now been able to see three near-Earth asteroids. Did we want to see them? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but they're, they're so hidden in the glare of the sun that we don't see them, except because we can see them at twilight through this very particular camera. So that's really interesting. Um, I am, however, always reluctant when a scientist says there are likely only a few of these with similar sizes left to find. Well, you don't know that yet because you haven't looked, and you can't really assure me or comfort me with that. (laughs) There could be an army, you know, anyway. Asteroids. I have to tell you, there are very few things that even control freaks don't believe they can control, and asteroids are one of them. I grant, I understand all that, nudging the thing and doing all that, but it's still an asteroid. (laughs) They use the laser beams to to push it around. At least, hey, that was successful, but you can't, I mean, that that sounds way out there to me. You know, I'm I'm more grounded, and I love looking up at night, seeing the stars, but that just seems so, like, uh, you know, sci-fi movie almost, but they did it. Well, there was a sci-fi movie. (laughs) Oh, Bill, this one's beautiful, too. He says it's from a couple of years ago. I really love a rainbow that actually cuts the sky. This one's the darkest behind it and the brightest in front of it. That's just beautiful. Polly, this one, that one is beautiful that Paula sent. Just gorgeous. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, good morning to you. How is How old is the persimmon tree when it starts producing fruit? Usually about five years. Um, it could be a little sooner. It could be a little later. just depends on the circumstances. But we think of... We think of most of those things as needing that three to five year period of, to just grow, and then at about five years they'll start producing. Usually, figs can be a little quicker. I spent the week last week with uh, figs falling out of a tree in the back garden because it's too tall to pick, and I, re- I don't even ask me that's it's not my tree, but it was a real it was amazing how loud they can be when they hit the ground because they're too ripe to stay on the tree any longer oh anyway oh thank you richard yep hardy oranges yep you've got that richards in columbus that's exactly what that is it's generally thought of as a wildlife food because they like them better than we do but if the bush is also very very thorny we will use it to graft on citrus varieties that we really like because it grows better in the soil. The roots grow better than, our, than the roots of other citrus. But I will tell you that wild citrus is one of those things that people who like it will stand in line for it. And the, the rest of us are happy that it's there for the animals because <laughs> we're not going to be the ones. Two million seeds, for starters.
very, 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 very tart. Yeah. There's some type of fruit when I was down in Mexico right after college that yeah, I can't remember the name. It's kind of green, has about a billion seeds in it. Very tart. Reminds me of what, what we're looking at here, the the uh, smelly orange. But, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. they ate them like candy. Mm-hmm. And it was just so – it was uh, like a grenadine. You know, it was like a bomb going off. But they tasted, you know, If you amazing. could get around the seeds. Yeah, there was yeah. just so many seeds. Well, we're spoiled. You know, we have all the benefits of the breeding of here with all the different fruits that – that everybody works on to get us. The, the funniest one that I've ever witnessed, I was not part of the project, but for a time there were efforts to make the outside of peaches redder. And, of course, we do see redder varieties than perhaps we did at one time because they felt like it would be more attractive to people to buy. The reverse of that, of course, were the people who were trying to put the red on the inside of the peaches. So it's just it's the things that we do. We've got a lot of time you know, on our hands. Apparently, we have <laughs> and more research dollars than we really deserved at that particular time. How so. do you know what type of uh, you know tree if you're dealing with fruit or like persimmon? Or how do you know what is a self-pollinating type of tree, or if you need a pear so that you're going to get more you know yield or harvest? Well, well you have a, to ask me. You got to ask the mama. So <laughs> I, and that was one thing I was curious about. For the just, folks at the co-op, they probably know too. I mean, right. A lot, lot of people know the answer to this, but I will tell you this. There is hardly anything except, well, no, that's not even true. Even, even a fig tree will produce better if there's another one nearby. There's a, there's a philosophy that says a self-pollinating tree really wants to show off. And so if there's another self-pollinating tree next to it, they'll show off better because there's two of them there to compete. That's hooey. That's hooey, okay? But it's a fun image. It's a cartoon image of what's actually going on, which is that pollination is greater when there's a greater population to pollinate. Hello. So, for example, persimmons are self-pollinating. But you will always have more persimmons if you have two or three than if you have one. So, I, I don't... I don't know exactly why. I'm, well, I do know. I mean, I do know why. I could go and pull out all the stuff and explain the, the the transition of the pollen and the yada yada yada. But that's what the observation is. And of course, there are some things like pecans that have and plums that need a different variety to pollinate them because they're not self-pollinating and they are going to make a few fruit, but they're not going to make very many if they don't have a pollinator. So there's. One of the things that has always been interesting to me is a myth that we have that we can't grow apples in the South. We can grow apples in the South, but because we have so many cedar trees, and there is a thing called cedar apple rust that is an organism that moves from the one to the other, if you're planting apples and you can even see a cedar tree in the distance on the horizon from where you live, eventually those trees are going to get together. Well, that's kind of magic if you think about it. But it also means that we have to work with varieties that are not as susceptible to it. We also have to clear our fields of cedar trees. You understand why we have so many cedar trees, of course. Why they're called pencil cedars in many cases is because that's where the birds sat after they ate the berries were on the fence rows (laughs) and the telephone wires. And so the trees came up there and became fence posts and became telephone telephone wire trees. But that's not what we're looking for when it comes to growing apples. So, But people will tell you you can't grow apples here. Yeah, you can. You just have to grow, first of all, the low-chilling varieties, but you also have to provi- provide an environment where they can grow, and you have to have a pollinator. So as we talk about fruit, we're, we always say that there's a good reason to grow 
all kinds of fruit, but there's also a lot of reasons not to. And most everybody can have a fig tree behind the garage without it bothering anything or bothering anybody, and it'll just make fruit and smile at you, you know, kind of. But there are other things that need a lot more care. Yeah, Mamaw, you know, she had two or three fig trees, and they were, you know, spread out nicely, and they mm-hmm. produced heavily, and had two apple trees. And they, they and now we're in McGee, Mississippi, so a little south of here, but man, she would pick those things until she got a little too old, uh, but she made all of her apple tarts out of the the green apples and you're talking about just fresh and amazing and then as she got older they'd be sitting on the ground and the you know the martins and everything would come over everyone else was happy everybody loved it (laughs) well that's the that's the thing we can grow apples we just can't grow them in range of cedar trees and we have to grow the varieties that can produce but i have to say a green apple tart with her homemade pastry was i'm seriously interested in that recipe can't get that um (laughs) <laughs> Andy's in Jackson. Thank you, Andy. That's a good one. Um, the story about going up to the levee to forget about everything it reminded him of Up on the Roof. If y'all don't know that song, you need to go look it up. But it, it is true. There's a place you can go to get, let your cares shed off of you, and it is Up on the Roof. And Up on the Levee in my world, because, well, later on we climbed up on roofs, but that's diff- that's a different story. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Big Al. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Big Al's from northern Illinois originally. I love the lilacs there, too. They're so gorgeous. So he's having a hard time growing them. They're hanging on now for two years. Is it too hot for them in Selmer, Tennessee, or the wrong soil, plenty of sun and light and water? I don't recall the variety. Okay, that's the thing. There are some that will grow there. And m- my suggestion would be to... Hook yourself. We can grow them also in, from like north of north of Grenada. We can grow some lilacs. We grow some lilacs a little further south, but they make a thicket, and they're not the classic lilac tree that he's talking about. So, I'm going to tell you to get yourself to the Tennessee Cooperative Extension Service and search in there. There'll be somebody with a list of lilac variety names, and you'll be able to figure out if yours is going to make it. But there are some that make it, and there's some that won't. Okay. All right. I appreciate very much all your calls and texts. I look forward to more of them. But right now, I have to say hello to the Campbells. This is Weekend Gardening. is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr. And those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. 
Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Garden Mama here. Lakeland Yard and Garden Center has what you're looking for in its full-service nursery and garden center, greenhouse, and garden shop. Meet the professional staff at Lakeland, always ready to help you with trees and shrubs and patio furnishings, tables and cushions for entertaining, as well as pumpkins and pansies, plus soils, mulches, and amendments for your landscape and container plants. Lakeland has seeds and plants for your fall vegetable garden, too. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to two men in a truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. If you're one of the 100 million Americans who suffer from high blood pressure, this is for you. New Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure is specially formulated for people with high blood pressure. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free and alcohol-free. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is also decongestant-free, unlike some ordinary cold medicines. So look for Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure? Medicine. Uses directed. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. At Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, customer satisfaction is always our top priority, and we're dedicated to providing the highest quality materials available. Ask about our metal panel profile offerings with over 20 colors, all backed by a written 45-year SMP paint warranty, plus all your roofing accessories, underlayment, insulation, lathing boards, anchor bolts, pipe boots, pole barn kits, and more. Call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven at 866-604-4949. Buy direct and save, reedsmetals.com. I was sitting there selling turnips on a flatbed truck, crunching on a pork rind when she pulled up. She had to be thinking this is where rednecks come from. She had Hollywood written on her license plate. She was lost in looking for the interstate, needing directions. And I was a man for the job. Why do I want to meet this woman? <laughs> I'd like to be just driving along, wandering about, 
Meet some guy, get some sweet tea, meet mama, you know, it'd be fun. That be, sounds good to me. Sounds like a great way to spend a day. And yes, I hope your turnip greens are beautiful. <laughs> That's what that one's all about. Definitely. Oh, my goodness. Did you know that bumblebees play? It would seem logical, wouldn't it? The way that we see them, um, we think more of uh, our, our friends, the, of course, butterflies and whatnot is flitting about. But the bees do a pretty good job of it, too. According to the Queen Mary University of London's research publishing in Animal Behavior, what they're saying is that um, the, how they've been looking at this has been different, and now they're adding to the mounting experience that it's perhaps you, you can tell when a bumblebee, for example, is having a good time as opposed to when they're just working. Okay, yeah, that would indicate that we can tell their feelings, quote-unquote. Well, I don't know. But I do know that they look different. The study followed 45 bumblebees in an arena where they, you know, they contained them and gave them the options of walking through an unobstructed path to eat or deviating into the area with all kinds of little things around it that eventually you still got to the food. So what they did was watch how many times they interacted with the other objects that they had placed there for them. And in fact, between one and 117 times, the individual piece, I'd love to have watched the one that did it 117 times. But anyway, <laughs> fun stuff. What they did, they gave 42 bees access to two different colored chambers, one that always had balls and things in it for them to play with, and one without any. And indeed, they gave, they got the two chambers, they, they associated the color where there had been the toys to play with before. Now, why does this make any difference? Because it gives us an opportunity to work on how we're going to increase their ability to help us pollinate things. If we can make things more attractive, if we can get the bumblebees in a good mood, I suppose, <laughs> they'll pollinate more plants. Yep, I don't, I don't do the research, but I do vet it for you. I do go and look and make sure it comes from somewhere that is real. I had a wonderful conversation this week with somebody that I don't know. Um, we have a mutual friend. And the conversation turned to this or that or the other thing. And I said, well, okay, send me that site. And he said, well, I don't know what the website is. And I went, I'm, I'm sorry, I misspoke. What I'm saying is C-I-T-E. I want to know the either the journal or the researcher or the university or where it was published or somewhere I can actually go read the thing that we're talking about. And I recognize that that's what the, is the difference in the way that Many of us look at things from the way that perhaps other folks that we know and love look at things. You can tell me something and I'll hear it, you, but unless you put it in my hand, I'm probably not going to absorb it entirely. So that's how that goes. <laughs> that is how that goes. Um, <laughs> thank you, Big Mike. <laughs> I will. I will research that. Now... In the subject of, we think we're the only things that do this because we're humans, I got one more for you this morning. The University of Cambridge study has found that not American Jays, but Eurasian Jays can actually, pay, well, you know what the marshmallow test is. We've done this. This is the one where if you can get the children to not take as many marshmallows as they can possibly take, because they'll make them, not children necessarily, but people and animals, because they'll make you sick. When do you stop? 
Where do, you know how much self-control do you exercise? And we do it with people, and we might do it with dogs, but we don't usually think about doing it with birds. And sometimes it's because the birds are so much smarter. By the way, did you know? Oh my goodness, Heckle and Jekyll were all over that fig tree. That must be their happiest time of the year is when the crows can get to the figs that are too tall for anybody to pick. You can tell I was in a city with a garden that goes straight up. Anyway, what they have done is to find that those with the greatest self-control in this group of J's also scored the highest on the basic intelligence test given to them. Somebody out there said, when did we start giving intelligence tests to birds? I'm not sure when we began, but apparently it's been going on for a long time. The Corvid family that we we love so much, that whole bunch of them, um, are often nicknamed, have lots of names, but they hide their food for, to save it for later. They use tools to get to their food. They delay immediate gratification to make the tool and to get the food and hide it. Okay, these are the indicators that we have of that control behavior. And indeed, that's where it may have worked out because that's where they actually got how they could get fed. All right. I don't know what they what they're doing with those figs, but I'm sure they're taking them somewhere. In uh, philosophical transactions of the Royal Society B, who publishes all these things? Good heavens! But anyway, the self control of ten Eurasian Jays, and this was based on the 1972 Stanford Marshmallow Test, where they were offered between they're offered the choice: you can have one now or you can have two later. Okay, and it's a question of control. How many are you going to take? You're going to take the one because you want it right now. Are you going to let yourself wait a little while and get more? Okay, this is what they based it on. And I, I really do love that the, the birds had to choose between bread or cheese immediately available or the mealworm that they could see but it could only get to after a delay. And in fact, yep, they waited for their favorite food. How about that? Now, you and I would probably have been really happy with the bread and cheese. But they were after the mealworms. No question about that. Y'all are so much fun. I had two people write to me this week about mealybugs, and I had already written a piece for the Garden Mama newsletter that came out yesterday. And oh, by the way, thank you for the the subscriptions that y'all are y'all are sending in to me. Um, please continue to send them in because I would like to have at least as many people as I had last year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can we write quick? Can we talk to Dave and Ripley? Hey, Dave, what's going on? How you doing, Nelly? Real well, thank you. I've called you about, I've called you about this a couple of years ago, but I, I didn't do what you told me to. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I got these two sugar maple trees on my property, and they're not close to each other, but one of them, every year at this time, the leaves turn like they're supposed to, and the pretty and all that stuff. The other one, they start turning, and then all of a sudden they just turn brown and mm-hmm. start falling off. And you told me to put some kind of fertilizer on it, but I forgot what it was and what time of year it was. Okay. So tell me again. The, the time to feed them, as long as they're both getting plenty of water and plenty of sunshine and all that sort of stuff, I think you're just looking at a, a an early onset of winter on that one tree because it doesn't have enough nutrition to store its, to, you know, to store up and go yeah. through the whole season. So it would just be literally a an all-purpose tree food 
or if you if you have flowering trees that you feed, it would be okay to use them. I just think that it needs whatever you're going to give it to be given to it in the spring and then again in the very early summer next year. Let's try that and see if we can't get that color to improve. Now, of course, if it stays drier than the one that does well, then you know that in the summertime you're going to have to water it because that also keeps the leaves healthy and happy and ready for the fall color. Okay. Okay. So in the spring or in the yes. early summer? Feed it in the spring, That's then feed it again in the early summer, and be sure you water it in the summer. Thank Let's you for calling, Dave. Water today. Yeah, plenty today. Thank you, Thank you Dave. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye now. We definitely have got plenty today. All right now. We will talk to Fletcher during the break or, or, or in the next next hour. We will be with y'all because guess what? we got a long way to go today, y'all. Put on your rain boots, keep your umbrella handy, and stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. This is Jake Mangum, player for the Newark Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. Critical moments demand experience. Whether you're on the field, in the car, or at home, you need the right people supporting you. Farm Bureau's exceptional team is dedicated to superior customer service and competitive rates, and they've got your back. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance, or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone. Street Pros, 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. This week, state leaders approved a $2.5 billion project that will bring over 1,000 jobs to the Golden Triangle area. The deal with Steel Dynamics is the biggest economic development project in state history. 
Governor Tate Reeves told us they've announced over $6 billion in new capital investment projects for Mississippi in 2022 alone. Our entire gross state product, Paul, in Mississippi is slightly less than $120 billion. So uh, you're talking about uh, not only record years, but slashing records by factors of zeros. House Speaker Philip Gunn says one of the keys in attracting new industry is having a site that's ready to go right away. And if we take them out to a site and say, now here's a, here's a prospective site, and if you come, uh, we'll have it ready to go a year from now. They don't want to wait a year from now. And so I, I've tried to challenge our economic developers and our communities around the state to say, look, you've got to have it ready to go. This is Ernie Johnson, Jr. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. And college coaches work hard to help young men overcome Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's called Coach to Cure MD, and you can help. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill. Or go online to coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501. Help coaches cure MD. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. Faster relief you can count on. Back for qualified first-time buyers. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Mississippi state of emergency order for the city of Jackson's water crisis has been extended to November 22nd. The state took over August 30th after major failures at a water treatment facility left residents without clean drinking water. The EPA is investigating whether state agencies discriminated against Jackson by refusing to fund improvements. Chris Wells with the Mississippi Department of Environmental Quality told us the complaint was filed under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. What I can say is that there are, there are a couple of different programs that are mentioned in the complaint. The state revolving fund program is one of them. The DEQ program is for low interest loans to municipalities and counties and local government entities for wastewater projects. The other is the ARPA funds and those funds have not yet been dispersed. We're still in the process of uh, we received applications back in September and we're still scoring and ranking those and we'll be making an announcement soon as to which projects are going to get funded. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The first Saturday in November finds Ole Miss taking the day off. Mississippi State is back in action. They'll take on Auburn tonight in Starkville. 6.30 is the kickoff there at Scott Field. 4.30 is the airtime on the MSU Football Network. The Bulldogs are 5-3, 2-3 and three in the conference. Auburn is 3-5 and five and 1-4. and four. Other key games in the conference, Alabama is at LSU. The Crimson Tide is 7-1, 4-1 in the conference. LSU is 6-2 and 4-1 and in the conference. They're tied for the West Division lead, along with Ole Miss, who is also 4-1, and one, and will play Alabama next week. 6 o'clock kickoff is in Baton Rouge. Tennessee is at Georgia today. The Volunteers are 8-0, 4-0 in the conference. The Bulldogs are 8-0 and 5-0 in the Southeastern Conference. That's the battle for the East Division lead at 2-30 on CBS today. Other key games in the conference, Kentucky is at Missouri. And Florida is at Texas A&M, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson, Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. 
The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. It's Junior College Playoff time today. Northwest, East Mississippi, Jones, and Gulf Coast are in the playoffs today. Northwest picked up the road win at Northeast last week, 28-2, and remained unbeaten and finished the regular season at 9-0. They will be the number one seed and will host the Jones Bobcats, who come into the game at 8-1 in the action. The loss by Northeast will eliminate the Tigers from postseason play. They finished the year 5-4, and four, and with that loss, coupled with East Mississippi's 63-14 win at Delta, the Lions are in the postseason, and they will be the number two seed from the North, and they are 6-3, and three, and they will travel to Gulf Coast in playoff action today. And the winners of today's ballgame will meet for the Mississippi Junior College Championship, and that is set for next Saturday. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the Empress of Everything Green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Sometimes people are kind enough to hang on the phone for a while, so we're going to start this hour with the one and only Fletcher in Grenada. Hey, Fletcher, thank you for hanging in there. Garden Mama, how you doing? Real well, thank you. What's up? I have either moles or voles that are digging tunnels in my... They have dug my entire front yard up. Now they're making their way around back. Mm-hmm. And I've tried mothballs. I've tried home remedies. I had a cat, but you know, the cat wasn't working out. <laughs> the cat didn't do... The cat, cat wasn't working. <laughs> The cat didn't want to leave out of the garage. Every time I'd open the garage, the cat would run in, and I try to put the cat out. Uh, the cat wouldn't leave out. So I don't know what to do about these moles or voles. Okay. All right. Um, when you say you tried home remedies, but other than mothballs, what else did you do? I picked some. I'm not sure if it was. It's probably not the name of it, but maybe it was some tongue cat, some kind of worms or something that you put off in there and allowed them to devour but it didn't work unless i didn't have enough okay well i think if you ha- if you've got real if you if you've got tunnels that are raised up mounds where they tunnel through your yard that is yeah. moles with an m you know m like mississippi that's moles the voles would be un- will run under the mulch and eat your plant roots and they're a mess but they're usually they don't make a raised area they they tend to be underneath everything 
What what raises up is the plant when it falls over after they eat the roots. (laughs) But the moles are out there looking for white grubs to eat for dinner. And when your yard has them, everybody's does at one point or another. You just happen to have plenty, apparently, because that's why they're there. So there are a couple of ways to get rid of them. They're, the way that is probably that is in fact the most effective involves treating in the fall and then again in the spring with one of the biological controls. But there's also other controls for them that you only put down once a year. But the the idea is that once you remove the food source, the moles are going to go someplace else. There are mole traps, and the way that they work the best is the same that the same way my father used a garden hose when he had a mole in the yard. He would. We had to stomp down the bruns so they were flat. And then the next morning, wherever it popped up, he put the garden hose in, turned it on, and went to work and flooded them out. Okay? So that works to a certain extent. That's the same approach that people use when they trap. They flatten everything down, and wherever it picks up the next day, they know that's where the animals are working, and that's where they put the trap. My problem has always been, and then what? You know, then I got a dead mole in a trap. That's really a lot of fun. So I would rather treat the things that they're trying to eat, get rid of them, so that then they'll go on and go someplace else. Go to the co-op or garden center near you and tell them that you got moles and you need to treat your yard, and they'll get you started on the right path. So for the remainder, so... I guess for the remainder of the season, you said I need to do this in the spring. So no, you you can do that. You can do the mole treatment whenever they're there. The one that you do fall and spring is a two-step process, but right now that's it's not. I think your problem is bigger than that one can solve. So I'm going to say go get another product that you do just one time, and they'll probably tell you that because you had so many such a big problem, you'd end up needing to do it again at some point next year. But you can treat for them now. So would it be basic granules? Yeah. Like you may get something you see. Yeah, it's going to be a granule that you put out into the lawn itself. That's the the white grubs eat that, and then they're not there anymore because they die. Okay. Last question. Sure. Mama. Is does would this compromise the integrity? I know the short answer is probably yes, but as far as the yard sinking or something from these uh, tunnels being dug. Oh yeah, they compromise my. They can make a big mess. They can cause the lawn to so sink in places. They can cause, you know, things that you've yeah. planted to sink. There's, they can do all kind of damage. Okay, and would the yard recover naturally? I guess? Well, you may have to help it a little bit, but once once you don't have the problem anymore, it's going to have a lot. What The worst thing that I've ever seen after moles was where you had to go and actually scrape the lawn off in places in order to get it to restart, but even that's not very hard. It, you know, that's just a matter of a, a few a few hours of work rather than having moles for the rest of your life, which you don't want. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so get the granules with the, with the grubs on the front. Yeah, tell them you want to kill the white grubs that the moles are going after, and you, you will be on your way to a better situation. Fantastic. I appreciate it. Thanks, Fletcher. Have a wonderful day. Appreciate you holding on. And that's what we do here on Weekend Gardening. Part of what my work involves, of course, is forensic horticulture. You call me and tell me it died, and I try to tell you why. But I've got one of those this morning that I actually don't know the answer to, looking at a vine that has caused this terrible problem. And so I'm saying, take a picture 
And you can always do this. It's why I'm telling you all as well as the person who was kind enough to send the text. You can always take a picture of that problem or that dead plant or the ones around it or whatever you want me to look at and send it to me, mamaonair at yahoo.com. And mama is always spelled M-A-M-A when it's me. So it's mamaonair at yahoo.com. I will look at them during, I'll look at that stuff during the week. And y'all are, y'all are great. Y'all send some wonderful pictures. You know what else is going on right now is uh, a whole world of things to propagate. Yep, that's right. We're getting into the whole angel trumpet, confederate rose, um, and some of the other stiff-caned perennials that we have that we can propagate. I want you to be aware that because we love them so much, we are growing more and more of Brugmansias every year. I want you to be aware that all parts of the plant are poisonous to mammals. So you just need to know that. It's not that you don't have to not grow it. It's like the berries on lantana, okay, or the flowers on a peace lily. There's things that are not that are toxic, and you just have to be aware of that. But even though they're related to tomatoes and potatoes and tobacco and all those things in the Solanaceae family, the angel trumpets are magnificent for their flowers, and they're they're absolutely beautiful. Can be white, yellow, pink, multiple shades at one time, just gorgeous, gorgeous flowers. Their, their joy, the joy of them is that they hang from the tree. So you, if you look at them, you're underneath looking up into the flower, or else you're seeing these beautiful little trumpet tubes that hang off of the plant itself. It's a lovely, lovely plant. So what we're doing now... We're watching them as they're dropping their leaves, and they're also drop. They've dropped their flowers probably by now in most places. Once that happens, you realize that well. What am I going to do now? Uh, it's probably going to be hardy, unless you live say north of Winona. But on the other hand, it may not. And there's plenty of them right in my neighborhood in Jackson that die in a cold winter. So we propagate them and have a new one to start for the next year. In this case, you're going to take about a two-foot cutting of the cane. doesn't have to be the tip. doesn't have to be down at ground level, but it, somewhere in the middle of the cane is a good place to be. If you need to mark it because you can't remember which end is up, cut the, the bottom one on a slant because that gives it more area f- to reach into the soil or the water that you're going to root it in. And then you have the flat cut on the top that tells you that that's the one that goes up. Okay. The, it's a wonderful plant to root, and literally all you have to do is put the cuttings into an old bucket, an old pitcher, whatever, with water. Don't let it freeze, and give yourself the opportunity to put it in the sun occasionally, maybe. I mean, it could, it's going to put some leaves on at some point. But it's the same thing as when we start doing hardwood cuttings. We have to remember that they're there. You can put these in a mix of leaf mold and some garden soil, but you, then you have to make sure to remember to water it. You can put them in a pitcher with water, and you still have to remember to water them. So <laughs> root yourself some angel trumpets. It'll be fun, I promise. Is this the one and only Bill in Starkville? Good heavens. <laughs> hey, Bill. Welcome into the show, Bill. What's going on? Yes. How are you today? Real well, thank you. Good. Uh, my issue is I've had honeysuckle in my azaleas for four or five years. Uh, a couple of years ago, I cut them all the way back in an attempt to try to kill the honeysuckle, and it, uh, 
it wasn't successful. I was going to see if you had any ideas. Well, the honeysuckle is pretty pretty vicious, and it is really a matter of persistence when it gets into a shrub like an azalea. But the most effective way to control it is always going to be to cut off the, the honeysuckle, not the azalea, but cut the honeysuckle off at ground level. And then when it sprouts, treat those brand new leaves, because those are the ones that are the most vulnerable to any kind of weed killer spray that you want to put on it or paint on it. Obviously, you're not going to spray around the azalea too much, but you can certainly control it. It it helps that way. They are tough, and some people find that they end up having to dig them out of the ground even after they've killed them a couple of times because honeysuckle is very vigorous. You're, 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 you're not, you are not wrong. You have done all the right things, and you still got to do some more because their honeysuckle is a very vicious attacker. Yeah. I guess my biggest problem is the azaleas are so thick, it's, it's hard to find where the honeysuckle is coming in at. I understand. I understand. You just have to follow it back. Or or you just keep cutting it every year, two or three times. I mean, I've done that. I, I maintained a lady's yard for a long time that I didn't care if I turned around sideways, the honeysuckle was going to sprout again. And she was really not in favor of that. <laughs> So I can tell you that even after I did all of this, I still had to cut that honeysuckle from time to time. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Bill. Now, for everybody who is saying, but we love our honeysuckle, you love your honeysuckle because you're not trying to grow that azalea. Okay? You love the honeysuckle because you're not my client that wanted to grow the pittosporum. Honeysuckle chokes stuff, and it is a mess to try and get out, and it can even be more difficult than that. Because there are people who try to grow it, and they don't usually succeed. So, go figure. I don't know. I don't know the answer to it, but, woo, my goodness. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of honeysuckle. I, it was one of those plants that they brought to the United States. You know, we, we Americans, and I am so proud to be an American I'm, I can't even tell you how, how, how much I don't want to be from anywhere else. But we really do have a bit of arrogance from time to time that is something. We think we can bring any plant here, and it'll just be fine. We'll control it. We'll take care of it. We'll cut it back. Sometimes they take over spaces, and then they take over the next space, and then they take over the next space. And then we still got people out here saying, that's the most beautiful popcorn tree I've ever seen. I'm sure it is. It's also destroying habitat and and choking out the other plants. Do you, do you have any idea how many things we have lost? Oh, my goodness. Now, the good news is, because we always want to look down on somebody else, that's part of the American way, too. The Australians don't have any idea what all their endangered species are. <laughs> so, just to let you know. Just to run that one in there. Well, you got to thank you know, Jackson's one and only Cathead Vodka for coming up with something extremely delicious, uh, mainstream with the honeysuckle vodka. It's amazing. I, but, I, yeah. I am not going to put it down. No, those, I, are, those I have, guys have, I have experienced the honeysuckle vodka. I'm not a vodka drinker, yeah. for, but there's a long story about why I'm not. But I have to say that they did a really, they do a good thing all the way around. That's for sure. Really, really true. Oh, my goodness. So y'all, y'all send the most beautiful, beautiful pictures. That road up from the garden is just gorgeous, John. All of these fancy cameras, you know, these, these phones that we got now. <laughs> Let's see. Um, well, Ellie, this is a good question. She's in Florence. 
she's she has confederate roses that are so tall she's got maybe they're 10 feet tall and it's difficult to see the pretty flowers it is difficult i don't know that you can control that other than to make sure you don't fertilize them so that they don't have that advantage and if you have mulch around them i would remove that because that's another having that mulch around them and giving them water and fertilizer certainly conducts everything in their what their method that they want and they'll grow bigger and faster and more beautiful so if we want to reduce that a little bit i'm I'm not going to start pruning on that thing other than the pruning that we do now to take the the canes down but i do want to say that you can you can starve it a little bit and it'll probably make more flowers on a shorter plant that that's that's the theory of horticulture so let's somebody can start a master's project to see if it works but i think ellie's going to do it for us and she'll tell us if it works i did not know there's so many things i don't know i I really just i I love i I have to say that the idea that you're not going to learn something new every day is one of those pieces of the world that is another reason i just am so glad to be a human being alive in the 21st century there's so much to learn we have all seen the studies we've all hit listened to everybody talk about stuff and we still want to know more about mars we're now that we know that there's going to send human beings to mars at some point in the not that distant future wow are we getting a lot of research from them Um, without going into all of this ancient ocean traces magma on mars likely and perhaps the best they're using a deep planetary scan did you know we had one of those i didn't know we had one to confirm that indeed mars has a core well you would assume that a planet had a core but you can't make those assumptions until you measure them because you don't know it could be a gas nebula in the side of there it might not be the kind of core that we're talking about australian national university where, by the way, they don't know about their endangered species, but they have now developed a new method to scan the deep interior of the planets in our solar system to see whether they have a core at the heart of them. And indeed, it's an ultrasound for a planet. Okay? I mean, doesn't doesn't it come down to that? I think it comes down to that. Um, What they've looked at, single instrument to scan the interior of any planet in a way that's never been done before. I want to see the scans of Earth. They tell me all the time what's in what's in here, but I would love to see some of that stuff. Um, the Martian core is liquid made up of iron and nickel, but it might also have some of the lighter elements, hydrogen and sulfur, which would make it even more um, familiar to us. And indeed, that's what those are the things that make the core able to move heat to the surface of the, of any planet or any of anything. So, pretty interesting. I love this. They're, they've measured seismic waves. They've measured the release release of topographical maps to tell us about the possibilities of the ocean. And then, yep, there's magma. Wow. Come on, you want to go to Mars? you got somebody in your family who wants to be an astronaut, I'm sure. Well, meanwhile, here on planet Earth, we're going to get right with Lucinda. So you stick around. We'll be right back.
Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you. Moses heard God speak to him from a burning bush. Where do we hear him? Hear Dr. Dean Natasdee's message, Barefoot Saints, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Supertalk 97.3. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantee so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden Center. Brighten the coming fall days and spice up your porch with the magnificent colors of cushion mums in bud and bloom. Lakeland has them. While you're there, be sure to check out the large selection of tropical plants and citrus trees for your sunroom, too. And don't forget to pick up winterizer for your lawn. Fall feeding promotes deep root growth and helps your lawn weather the winter. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. The 42nd Annual Squat and Gobble is back. Don't miss this incredible evening to help victims of human trafficking and domestic abuse right here in Central Mississippi. Thursday, November 10th at 6 p.m. at the Country Club of Jackson. Featuring live music from Dr. Czar's Amazing Funk Monster, a live and silent auction, door prizes, a steak dinner, a big cash giveaway, and the prestigious Squat and Gobble Dance Contest and Turkey Calling Contest. Time out. Time out. We have a new, guest, have a new speaker, guest speaker, Sarah, Sarah Thomas, Thomas, the first, first female, female NFL, NFL official. Get your tickets at friendsforacause.com. There are also event and table sponsorships available at friendsforacause.com. Don't miss your chance to have fun and help rescue someone from the trap of domestic violence or human trafficking. The 42nd Annual Squat and Gobble Dance Contest and Turkey Calling Contest. Starting at 6 p.m. Thursday, November 10th at the Country Club of Jackson. Get your tickets right now at friendsforacause.com. If you're one of the 100 million Americans who suffer from high blood pressure, this is for you. New Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure is specially formulated for people with high blood pressure. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free and alcohol-free. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is also decongestant-free, unlike some ordinary cold medicines. So look for Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure? Medicine. Uses directed. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. 
Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion come from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Heaven's glory, share, glory, share, turn your lights down low, and listen to the Thank you so much for being a radio listener. I have to tell you that even, uh, no matter how you're listening, if you're listening podcast, if you're listening on demand, if you're listening to the rebroadcast, or if you're listening live, you're a radio listener. Could be on the stream, could be on the app, could be on some other device, you know, that thing with the dial on the front that they call a radio. <laughs> All of that is how my voice reaches you, and frankly, how the warmth that you send back to me gets here. It is the greatest experience anybody could ever have if they happen to be me. I realize that not everybody, not everybody gets it. Not everybody even thinks this would be fun if you had the if they had the opportunity. But I got to tell you, for those of us who are, um, as they call them, radio gals, we are very happy to be radio gals now. On the heels, oh dear, first it was breadfruit. <laughs> now we got more on the algae. Good grief. Algae-based food is going global. Okay, when your children come home and their grandchildren walk in and they go, I've got these great snacks, Mom. They're made out of algae. Grandma, I've got this for you. This is going to be nutritional protein, amino acids, other micronutrients, antioxidants, all that sort of stuff. Indeed. Figuring out how to make this part of the world food chain help will help us feed people, and we need to feed them. And these are wonderful, wonderful products that can be quite tasty. I'll leave it at that. If you haven't eaten algae, you should. You should try. <laughs> really good question, Terry's in Brassfield. How do you get rid of elephant ears permanently? <laughs> well, sort of depends on what kind they are. If they're if it's taro, all right, which is the classic elephant ear, for example, um, if you go by the by the Ross Barnett Reservoir, you see that's that's the one you see there. It's a it's a fairly narrow leaf with a heart shape to it, but it's not a colocasia, nor is it, it, it it's not it's not the others. I mean, it's it's a taro. It's a different plant. It's the one that's grown around the world for its pasty glutinous kind of um, base that, that is used as a food product makes a great opportunity to add to tropical diets, particularly because it produces so much of it. How do you get rid of that? You dry the area out. Okay. If you if there's no water, the taro won't grow. Now, the alocasias and the colocasias, that's different. They like They prefer water, but they're going to grow anyway. So if here's the thing. Everybody's got something they don't like, but there's somebody out there that wants it. So my suggestion would be, while the bulbs are dormant this winter, get out there with the backhoe or whatever it's going to take, shovels, anything, and dig them all up. Believe it or not, you store those in your garage. Don't let them freeze. Don't let them get next to each other so close that they rot. And you'll be able to sell them next spring at any flea market, farmer's market, um, plant swaps, all that kind of stuff. People want elephant ears, and they're not cheap. So whether you've got one that points up or points down, or whether you have that taro, all of these things that are called elephant ears 
are plants that people are looking for. So I'll, I'll remind you one more time of the first time I saw liatris or gay feather growing on the side of the road in Mississippi when I moved here. I went, I looked at it. Other people see something, they got to go mow down. I see something that sells for $3 a stem in the flower shop. Okay. So your elephant ear bulbs may be a problem for you. And yeah, you can literally just, you can run the tractor over them. You can dig them up. You can throw them away. You can do whatever you want to do. But you can also turn them into a marketable harvest and take a vacation with the money. So those are my suggestions. I like the second one. Yeah, take the vacation with the money. (laughs) That's a great one. Well, I know I know for sure that many entrepreneurial instincts have been increased by the payoff, and it certainly is true for me. The first time that I ever had a lemonade stand, the first time that I ever sold cookies, the first time that I ever did any of the things that involved working for a living, um, I certainly get a lot out of the work itself, but I also get a whole lot out of my wallet. So, and I think the two are equal motivators. <laughs> you know, gardening gardening pays off in many ways, but it doesn't always pay off the way that we want it to. That is for true. Um, okay, I, I'm going to get in touch with you about this. This is this is so true. Um, Ov's writing and saying that here goes the gripe weed. Um, I've pulled up several million of the little devils. But it seems like I'm just spreading the seed, so I've given up for this this, this season. Um, and tried everything: the Scotts brand, the Atrazine, the Roundup for the lawns, and all that. And I am going to communicate with him on on email because he has been kind enough to send me his email, and I will do that because I do have a couple of other ideas. But mainly, when it comes to the gripe weed, what you need to know is that it is going to. It doesn't take being flooded as well as it would take being droughted. So and I'm not saying you should flood your beds, but I'm just saying it, the weather will add to it in in either direction, but more so in a dry direction. Now, the other thing about gripe weed, just generally speaking, is he's right. you got to get it out of there before it sets more seeds or you're doomed for the next year. <laughs> I've been doomed for a long time with this plant. But I didn't get as much this year because the winter was so wet and the summer was so dry. So the extreme is what it doesn't like. And that's, that seems to be working at, at this moment for me. I still have gripe weed, but I don't have near what I had. Now, if it's taken over an entire space, you're going to want to think about blocking it out. And or in the summertime, of course, we would do solarization with clear plastic, but you might end up doing it in the wintertime with something that just suppresses it entirely and keeps it completely dry if it, if it has taken over an entire bed. Usually it doesn't do that. Usually it just spreads itself in a long line, kind of like the cedar trees do. You know, It just moves along. So I'm going to communicate with him a little bit um, this week, and... Um, I'll see if I can't come up with some better ideas, but you, you've got the, you, you're on the right track, and sometimes it does take more than one application of these things. Interesting email address. I want to say one thing. I, I just learned uh, quite a bit. I, I, this stuff's growing all over the flower bed, and uh, you know, identifying characteristics. Uh, chamber bitters used for curing blenorrhagia. I don't know that one. I don't know exactly what that is, but diabetes, dysentery, flu, tumors, jaundice. 
against headache, fever, mm-hmm. uh, menstrual disorders. Everybody will yeah. everybody will take an extract from everything. Unfortunately, we don't have an industry to donate it all to, or right. we would. Right, it's amazing. I thought when I thought when they discovered that kudzu had elements in it that reduced your desire for alcohol, that we would be cultivating, you know, not cultivating, but using all the kudzu that we grow. And it would be going into some kind of system that would turn out and, and produce lots of money for the people whose land has otherwise been eaten alive by kudzu. Okay, didn't turn out that way because yeah. they could synthesize it. Yeah. So whatever the, the whatever the thing is in the chamber bitter that they want for all that, it's a it's a it's a chemical substance that they found in it. But once they're able to take it out and put it into the lab and make it, there's no market for us to do anything with it, which is a real shame. <laughs> so. Oh, this is a good question. Pat's in central Mississippi. What should be done with caladium bulbs for the winter? Dig them up because they're not hardy in central Mississippi. And I'll admit sometimes one or two will come back. But if you want the same show or a better one that you had than you had this year, we dig them up either after the leaves have died down a little bit or just at this time of year, it's fine to go ahead and start doing that. The rain will help with that because you're not digging up such dry soil and you'll be less likely to damage the caladiums. But they need to be stored so they don't touch each other. Um, old cardboard flats are great for this. Different kinds of different people use different things. Some people put um, cedar shake around it or the, the hamster bedding or that kind of thing just to keep the bugs out. But the main thing to do is to keep them so they don't touch each other and they have the opportunity to sit quietly through the winter until you're ready to plant them inside of a garage or under the sink in your house or something where they're not going to freeze because the problem is that they will freeze in the ground and even if they don't because we often have such wet 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 winters they'll just rot so we don't want that to happen okay okay um oh goodness yeah that's a hard one too beggar's lice is another difficult one to get rid of and pulling it by hand when it flowers is probably the best way to keep it from getting worse but in this case, the problem is, of course, we can't grow anything else under there because the shade is too dense to grow lawn grass. So therefore, the other plants take over. And if, if, it's, if it's possible to make a bed underneath the tree that goes all the way out to its drip line, then you would be having like a mulch bed at least. You wouldn't necessarily be having the uh, fancy flower bed that you would like, maybe like to see under there, but you could certainly have a mulch bed with a couple of chairs out there or something else that would suppress the weeds and at the same time give you a better view um i see you have a little erosion going on there too and you can fix that as well all right all right gripe weed we love we love to gripe about gripe weed and there's a reason that it is i don't i don't know if the word is even pernicious it it the word it's the whatever the word is it is relentless in its ability to come up someplace that you never saw it before because of all those seeds and that just drives you crazy, for sure. Um, a lot of time, when those weeds are in the shade, though, we can pull them out and pull them out and pull them out. But until we replace that with something else, landscape cloth, and then mulch on top of that, a couple of chairs, a few pots with some flowers in it, you're still going to have the, the weed come up, but it's not going to be as much. And you, you'll have a better view, so it won't bother you as much. Um, let's see, Clark County, trees that grow quickly in the shade. Well, understory trees like that, things that are going to grow in the shade, are usually a little quicker because they got to work harder. 
So it depends on how much shade there is, how much sunlight gets into the area. Those, that's a really hard recommendation to give you. But I'm going to go in, I'm going to jump directly into the smaller evergreens that we think of as shrubs, but which are easily grown into trees. Things like Pittosporum, things like um, Clayera. Look up, look those up, and see if you don't think that would be attractive. If if it is warm enough, and it might be in Clark County, things like Fatsia do beautifully in the undershade. They grow quickly, and they can stand that shade because that's where they're intended to to live. It's a it's a fight sometimes because planting things in the shade means that they're going to compete with the things that are already there. And the existing big trees are always going to win the war for more water, you know. So we have to then provide a little bit of extra to the ones that we want to encourage in that area. But shade is an interesting phenomenon. I'm, I would actually rather see big shrubs in shade if it's already shady there, just because it's a nice contrast. You got tree trunks, and then you got these nice big round thing, round shapes underneath it usually. Okay. Okay. Speaking of trees, Nagoya University has just done a study, released a study that they've been working on for about five years, I think, to develop a method to look at fine roots. Now, we, we understand that those adventitious roots, those, those fine textured roots, and I don't mean by fine, you know, great, cool, groovy, <laughs> I mean fine textured, because obviously trees have deep roots that are big, but the ones that actually take up the water and do the work at the top, nearer to the surface of the soil, and along the edges of the big roots that are deep in the soil are the ones that needed to be directly observed. This works on the uh, building the knowledge base around carbon and nutrient cycling in the forest, because as we all understand, Nobody feeds those trees, and they do just fine. Thank you very much. I mean, now, obviously, there's not every tree grows, but in terms of a population of trees, they're, they're usually doing fine for themselves. The leaf litter that collects um, is easy to study, but what's going on underneath it, not so much. So in this case, what they're doing is working on the information that they get from the leaf litter and then translating that into the soil below. They um, just love this. They, how do you do this, and how did the tree feel about it is the next question. Now that we understand that plants may have feelings, we need to figure out what is the feeling that it's going to have. They took roots from the Japanese cypress that were still attached to the tree, you understand, they excavated, into modified centrifuge tubes. <laughs> I want to see this. But at any rate, um, what they did was to measure the rate of shedding by doing this every every couple of months. They were able to estimate the lifespan of that fine root. And by doing that, they found that the trees, did in fact, discard fine roots every month, that that cycle is that fast. And they didn't know that before, so it's important. It's important for us to have it. Somebody sent me a note couple of weeks ago and said that they wanted to know if this was time is tight from Booker T and the MGs. Yes, it is. Said it was the first um, other first song you ever heard on a talk show other than the Fine Young Cannibals. And I, of course, I had to go look that up because I had forgotten who the Fine Young Cannibals were, but that's true. We had some really good old-fashioned, old-timey bumper music, and this is one of them. 
Well, the ground cherry's got new fruits and um, new Scottish fossils. We got all kind of stuff and hardly any time left. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson, Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men, the boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood, and there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it, and you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969 or online at lavalleyservices.com. That's lavalleyservices.com. What's your least favorite season? Now, if you're like me, it's cold and flu season. So get relief from it this year with Mucinex DM. With cough and chest congestion relief for 12 hours in just one dose, that's three times longer than four-hour products. Mucinex DM makes any season comeback season, even cold and flu season. Get three times the relief in just one dose with Mucinex DM. It couldn't be simpler. Nothing lasts longer among over-the-counter cough and cold remedies. Mucinex DM provides 12 hours of relief for chest congestion and cough, day or night. Uses direct. Fall is in the air, and that means fall grilling, tailgate parties, and so much more. Now is the perfect time to stock up on all this incredible flavor and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping Omaha Steaks Friends and Family Sale. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code SIZZLE at checkout to get $30 off your order. Visit omahasteaks.com, promo code SIZZLE at checkout. Minimum order may be required. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. This is Treasurer David McRae. One out of every 10 Mississippians has unclaimed money. It's not the government's money. It's your money. And I want to help return it to you. Join Treasurer David McRae and his team this Thursday, November 10th at Pearl Community Center from 4 to 7 p.m. It will help you find out if you have unclaimed money and how to claim it. To expedite your claim, be sure to bring a photo ID, social security card, and proof of address. Other documentation may be needed. Check online to see if your name is on the list at treasury.ms.gov. That's Thursday, November 10th from 4 to 7 p.m. at Pearl Community Center, 2420 Old Brandon Road in Pearl. 
If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. many interesting questions in gardening and some of them just come down to what is going on here Ken and Madison hello Ken <laughs> trying to grow those spider lily bulbs oh indeed by the way there was a, a winner for the the contest of the tallest spider lily bulb and I'm pretty sure it was three and a half feet but I can't I read it but I don't remember I apologize Jerry um, planted but only a few have bloomed in terms of the red spiders and you don't have to remove the small buds that form on the side of them. No, you can leave them. They don't need any fertilizer. The pH of the soil is generally okay wherever you are. These are all questions that Ken has asked. But why did they rot? The answer is they were either too deep or it was too wet where you put where you planted them. Stayed too wet there for most of the year. Okay, so that's the answer to that. No, but we honestly don't usually need fertilizer. Can we talk to Virginia? I don't know if we've got time, but we'll give this a try. Hey, Virginia, what's going on? Virginia decided to oh, uh, just let you okay. have the question. Okay. And, uh, she wanted to listen. I Will think. be her voice. What is your que- what is her question? Her question is she was curious about how to eradicate the Louisiana iris on the water line or in ditches, and she says she is uh, kind of overgrown with them, and uh, they're a nuisance, and and she's up okay. in Grenada, so that's okay. where she is. Well, the good news is that. Once, if you rip them out, they're not going to come back. So if if you can get physically get somebody underneath them in the edge of the pond and, and rip them out of there, they're not going to grow. They'll grow back a little bit, but they're not going to grow back nearly in the way that they did. If you have, for example, two-thirds too many and you take out half of them or two-thirds of them, you're, you're, never, you're, you're not going to see another regrowth for several years that would be the same problem. If you're trying to get rid of them entirely, it's very difficult other than to dig them out, because you don't want to put things on them that's then going to turn around and get into the water. So it's a, it is a problem. If I had to do it and I didn't have any other way to do it, I would start chopping them down. I would cut them down and cut them down and cut them down until they had no green tissue to survive with, and then basically hope that you can find somebody that can dig them up at that point. But it's a matter of suppressing as opposed to trying to spray them because you don't want the wa- anything to get into your water. But you also can re- physically remove them, but if that's not possible, cutting them all the way down to where they have no nothing to help them photosynthesize can be a solution. It's not one that it's not a one shot. It's something you'd have to do again and again for a while, but you can suppress them. That is for true. Um Several of the bulbs again had rotted. Okay, I'm sorry, it was too wet. Let's see. Um, transplanting crepe myrtles, sure, no problem with that. Go right ahead. And 
<laughs> yes, Bubba, drought does have an effect on the acorn crop, both scientifically, because in drier times there is a there are hormones in the plants that cause them to do more, but to attempt to produce more seed. But there's also just the I hate to say old wife because I used to be one, but um, the old wives' tale that when the plant is under stress, it's going to try to produce more flowers and fruit to survive for the future, even if that individual plant doesn't make it, it's for the survival of the species. And in this case, I'm starting to laugh because I was out yesterday afternoon doing some things in my back garden, um, and the day has happened. The day of the acorn showers has happened, and there were a whole lot of them yesterday, and they hit me in the head. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think Ooh, the squirrels we, try to bomb me sometimes. Sometimes they do. They, the squirrels definitely have an agenda. But the wind helped yesterday in great matter. So, yes, that I do believe. I, I understand this. It's not that I believe it. It's that I understand it. Um, stressed plants will try to survive. And one of the ways that they try to survive is by creating more of themselves. And in this case, it's it's acorns to make the future go forward. Um, and that's, but it, it can be when they're big and beautiful, it's wonderful. But when they're little and they hit you like pellets, it hurts. <laughs> so, that's my experience. Uh, very definitely my experience. Louisiana iris, interesting enough. I like Louisiana iris. I only have a couple. I have, have, I have very, very little of that because they're not good cut flowers. Why are they not good cut flowers? Because when you cut them and bring them in the house, they smell like you haven't cleaned your litter box. And if you haven't a litter box, then everyone will really wonder, and they'll all kind of look at you funny and talk about you behind their hands, you know, because your house shouldn't smell like that. Now, you can put them outside in a vase, but don't don't try to make a bouquet and don't try to put them on as a corsage. You'll be very sad that you did that. Very, very, very sad. Okay, okay. Now, you've heard of ground cherries. We all understand the Solanaceae family, which is about where I started today with the conversations about the angel trumpets. But Solanaceae is a plant with poisonous plants and plants and things that we don't have to eat. The tomato became known as or became sold as the love apple because before that it was considered poisonous. So when they began to realize that it wouldn't kill you, then they, they gave it a different name so that we as, as human beings would, oh, okay, I'll eat that, you know, that's fine. Well, ground cherry is going to need some other names, too, because there are a whole bunch of different ground cherries, and some of them are okay to eat. Some of them are definitely not okay to eat. Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory is working on this because there are 34 million people in the United States that do not have enough food. Yes, even here where we can grow everything all year long, practically, there are people that don't have enough food. So the more things, like the fig tree that you can't kill, you know, and the things that are going to make more kinds of food that people can eat um, are really very exciting. And ground cherry is where the latest result, uh, the latest research is, and the results are indeed what we would expect. It's easy to grow, easy to genetically modify, yeah, which is what they're going to have to do, get them to grow enough to make food, make it into a food crop. But with the right ones, we know that nightshades are popular because we eat eggplants and peppers and tomatoes all the, all the time. And we, if we can get this one to do this, but we'll see. There's major ones. There's minor ones. 
There's simply quite not domesticated, and then there's purely wild levels of ground cherries. Stay tuned. There will be more. I know there will be more. Well, if you've been wondering, if you take that screen away, does it increase productivity? Not necessarily. (laughs) You didn't want to hear that, did you? (laughs) Everybody wants to say, just put that screen down. Well, obviously, you can't garden and screen at the same time. But if you're looking up stuff on your device to go out and do in the garden and you still get out in the garden to do it, it's okay. Um, They worked on undergraduate students in California, New York, and Hawaii, and they measured the perceived productivity of the screen time as well as the amount of screen time and the fatigue associated with both parts of that process. And what they found out is it really doesn't make that much difference as long as you're mindful and you're not simply attached to it all day. If you're getting... If you're getting the the carpal tunnel problems from using your thumb so much and you're getting neck aches and having to go to physical therapy, your screen time is too much. But otherwise, it's it's not the part that that you're worried that you should worry so much about. What you should actually worry more about is your sedentary lifestyle. University of Missouri at Columbia tells us that yes, the sedentary lifestyle and the sugary diet are more detrimental to men. Duh. And I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to say it's because women don't ever get to sit down. I'm not going to say that. Somebody else might, though. But the good news is, come on now, crossword puzzles will beat computer video games and slowing your memory loss. So, okay, fellas, if you're going to sit down, pull out the crossword puzzles. Let's go. We can have a big day, right? And it's raining too much to garden right this minute anyway. Appreciate y'all being here. Thank you very much, Lance. Come on back again next week. We'll do some more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. This just in, beginning November 20th, 2022, Mississippi Lottery players may win 5 to 250 times their wager by picking one number from a field of 15 in a new game named Cash Pop. Players pick numbers, call pots. In fact, players can choose one or all 15 numbers. Have these people lost their minds? Cash Pop prize amounts are randomly assigned and appear on tickets just below each pot. It's kind of neat. Cash Pop is fun, easy, and draws twice daily. Seriously? In other Mississippi Lottery news, have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Smith & Wesson is committed to empowering Americans no matter what. 
With inflation hitting everywhere, we've decided to make a change. Now, you can buy a Smith & Wesson Shield Plus, our most popular concealed carry firearm, at an all-new low price, $100 off MSRP. We're absorbing the costs and passing along the savings to you so you don't have to compromise on personal security. Visit smithandwesson.com to find a Shield Plus near you. Smith & Wesson. Always expect. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.